0: anil wal They ask you about wine and gambling. The people asked the Prophet ﷺ about alcohol, about gambling, that are they okay? And can we drink alcohol? Can we play such games? And the reason why they asked is because they were genuinely curious. They wanted to know if as a Muslim it would be okay to drink alcohol. Now, this is something amazing about the companions. You see, when a person has iman in their heart, when a person takes their Islam seriously, then they become conscious about every part of their lives. They don't compartmentalize their lives. That I'm going to be a good Muslim when I pray, and then that's all that Islam is all about. I can say whatever, I can do whatever, sleep whenever, eat whatever. That has nothing to do with my religion. No, this is not how Islam works. Islam is a complete way of life. Isn't it so? Our deen teaches us about every single aspect of our lives. What's okay, what's not okay. And so the sahaba, as they were learning about Islam, they also wanted to know if it was okay to drink alcohol. Because they knew what happened to them when they drank alcohol. We learned that once somebody was intoxicated and they started praying, and they made serious mistakes. Just like, for example, a person drinks alcohol, they get intoxicated, and if they're driving, what's going to happen? It's going to show, right? The car is not driving straight, or it's speeding, you know, a person is crossing the red lights, it just seems dangerous. So they knew that if they drank alcohol, if they were intoxicated, then it would affect their language, it would affect their actions, it would affect their behavior. And they knew that being drunk and being a good Muslim didn't really go together. So they wanted to know clearly, is it okay to drink or is it not okay to drink? So they asked the Prophet ﷺ, And from this, I want you to start thinking about your life also. Who you talk to, what you talk about, who you sit with, where you go, what you eat, how you make your money, what you do with your money, what you're studying, what you want to do. Like, does it really fit in with your Muslim identity? Does that allow you to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wherever you are? So the Sahaba, yes, al khamri al they asked about khamr. Now what is khamr? Khamr is from the root letters kh-m-r, and khamr basically means something that covers. From the same root is the word khimar, and khimar is used for the headscarf. Because what does the headscarf do? The purpose of the headscarf is to cover not just the hair. Okay, not just the hair. Some people think that the khimar is just for the hair, and so they'll put on a head or something. That's not khimar. Okay? Khimar is meant to cover the head, the ears, the neck. Alright? So this is what the word khamr means, something that covers. Now alcohol or wine is called khamr Why? Because it covers the senses, the mind, the intellect of a person. They don't even realize what they're saying anymore. They don't even realize how they're walking, what they're doing, where they're sleeping who they're sitting with, what kind of actions they're doing. Why? Because the intellect is covered. Well This is a humiliated state that a person can be in. That a person's intellect is covered, so he or she doesn't even know what they're doing, what they're saying. And I'm sure you've seen people who are under the influence of alcohol, or you've seen videos, and it's very sad. It's very sad. So this is what khamr is, and basically khamr is islamically speaking khamr is something that intoxicates okay khamr is something that intoxicates ma al what covers the intellect meaning it intoxicates all right don't think that every alcohol is an intoxicant because rubbing alcohol if you drink it you're not going to get high you're going to die right denatured alcohol Like, for example, if a person were to get a bottle of perfume and they read, oh, it's got alcohol in it, let me drink it. No, it's going to kill them before it's going to make them high, right? Or it's going to intoxicate them. So remember this rule that if something's going to kill you before it's going to intoxicate you, that's poison. That's worse, okay? Here we're talking about what people drink in order to get intoxicated. Whatever it is called, it could be given many different names depending on how it is made how much is the alcohol content so this is khamr and remember that we learned that every muskir is haram every intoxicant is unlawful meaning anything that covers a person's intellect is not lawful whether it is a liquid that is drunk or it is something that is taken in in the form of A fume, smoke, I don't know how else to put it, or it is injected into the body, or it is taken in the form of pills, alright? If it's going to cover the intellect, if it's going to intoxicate a person, whatever it is called, it's not cool, it's not okay, not allowed. What is maisir? Maisir is from the root letters yasin ra. Yusir is ease. Okay, so maisir is basically gambling. Why? Because through gambling, a person can easily acquire a whole lot of money without really using any of their skills. Okay? Like for example, if there is a competition, okay, where you are supposed to go through an obstacle course. And if you go through the entire obstacle course and at the end you win a huge prize, like let's like say $50,000. That's not maisid. Why? Because you went through the obstacle course. You jumped, you fell, you climbed, you swam, whatever. right? You did a whole lot to get there, to win that prize. Maisid is, the Arabs, basically maiset, they would call a certain game, it was an ancient game of gambling, which they played with arrows. okay? Arrows that did not have any feathers at the back, nor any heads, basically sticks. And they would toss them, I don't know exactly how the game worked, but but basically, if they won the game, then they would get huge pieces of meat, camel meat that they had slaughtered. So by winning, they would acquire all that meat. So you could think of it as a person going to a slot machine, playing a game, and then winning $50,000, $20,000. Or for example, people playing a card game, or with dice or whatever, And then what's happening? Money is involved. Alright? You know that game? Snakes and ladders? How do you play that game? Roll the dice and then go up or come down. Right? I mean, it's an innocent game. There's no money involved, which is why it's okay. But if there was money involved, it would not be okay. But can you practice this game? Can you practice this game? No. Can you practice monopoly? I mean, to some extent, yes. In the sense that you see that, okay, this house is this much and this hotel is that much, right? There's some knowledge required over there. There's many games that you can practice and get better at. But dice games, like for example, snakes and ladders, you can't get better at it. It's pure luck, isn't it? Pure luck. So this is what gambling is. That when there is money involved and through a game of chance, you're winning money. You understand? Through a game of chance, you're winning money. So this is what maisit is. And this is something we should be careful about because there was a time when this was only in casinos or in bars, but now it can be on your phone. Hmm? It can be online. It could be outside a grocery store. You just go to a kiosk, you just go download a game and you play a game and you can win a couple hundred thousand dollars. Go ahead. Good question. Arcades. It depends. Okay? It depends. Like for example, if there's a game in which you have to throw the ball or you have to shoot something, does that require skill? It requires skill. You can't just randomly throw balls. You have to throw it You know, you have to aim, you have to throw. And if you hit the target properly, then you win tickets, which you can use for getting a prize or something. So there is some effort involved. Maysid is, there is no effort. It's just pure luck. You roll the dice, you throw the card. This is where it gets problematic. So the people asked the Prophet ﷺ about khamr and maysid, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, قُلْ tell them, فِيهِمَا ismun كَبِيرٌ In both of them is a great sin. What's the sin in alcohol? I mean, it's haram. Drinking it is sinful. What's the sin in maysir? It's a haram game. So playing it would be sinful. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also acknowledges, وَمَنَافِعُ لِلنَّاسِ There are also benefits for people. Manafir is the plural of manfa, meaning something of benefit. نُنْفَاعِينَ is the root. So, While there is a lot of sin in both of them, there is also a lot of benefit. What's the benefit in alcohol? Why do people drink? To forget about their problems. Right? Because they're going through so much stress, they want to, you know, forget about their problems, take a break from life. Isn't it? And sometimes that's helpful. It is helpful. Any other benefit in alcohol? I remember somebody said that, you know, it's so cold in Canada, people drink and, you know, their bodies feel warm <laughs> Allah are I don't know but maybe it is so right you don't feel cold okay what else and he makes them more sociable and happy. okay very true that a person may be struggling with anxiety or some other kind of psychological disorder and taking these drugs helps them feel kind of light so that they can be more normal and socialize with people and you know get things done so okay that's a benefit so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that yes there are benefits for people in this however what ismuhuma akbaru min look at the text look at what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us look at your book ismuhuma akbar min naf'ihima their sin is more than their benefit their sin is more than their benefit you hear about people under the influence of alcohol committing serious offenses and you hear about this much more than you hear about when well, somebody was under the influence of alcohol and they recovered, or they started drinking and they recovered from their disease. I mean, you don't hear about that. So you hear more about the dangers, the harms, than you hear about the benefits, because this is a reality. So, وَإِثْمُهُمَا أَكْبَرُ مِن نَفْعِهِمَا So what does this mean? That if the sin is more, then leave it. Then leave it. And an important principle we learn over here, that something haram can have benefit in it. Something that's unlawful, that's not allowed for us as Muslims, can still have benefit in it. Like for example, a person says, you know what, I don't know how you Muslims don't date before marriage. How can you marry somebody whom you haven't, you know, spent some good time with? You want to know exactly how they are everywhere before you marry them. And you might say, yes, there are benefits to dating. And I would say, yes, there are. However, the sin is more than the benefit. Right? So remember this rule in life that forbidden things, meaning haram things, can have benefit. And we should acknowledge that benefit. It's there. But the bad outweighs the good. Can we remember this? The bad outweighs the good. Which is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it unlawful for us. Go ahead. That's for a different reason. Okay? Like medical marijuana. And that also, it's not a blanket statement that it's all okay. No. It's case by case. Because some people, yes, their illness is such that they're in so much pain for pain relief. Medication would poison them. It would be more harmful for them as opposed to some drug. Right? Right? So, I mean, there are papers written on this. There are uh, fatawa that scholars have given, but there's no blanket statement. There's no yes or no. Okay? It's case by case. Go ahead. Thank you so much for pointing that out. That gambling can also be addictive and dangerous, just as alcohol is. Because people want to keep gambling. One game is not enough. One or two games are not enough. They keep going back to it. And then when they run out of their money, what do they do? They steal other people's money. And then sometimes people will commit other sins to acquire money easily for the sake of drugs. People will sell sex in order to make money quickly so that they can buy their drugs. So you see, if Allah has made something unlawful, there is a reason. Everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made unlawful is like a door of evil that has been closed for us. Think of it this way. If you open a door, whatever is inside is gonna come. And by making one thing haram, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting us from many dangerous things, many harmful things. So, what is ismuhuma akbaru min You hear about scandals and you know, people in good positions, right, in the corporate world getting addicted to gambling and then Money laundering, and there's so much evil going on behind the scenes. Why? Just so that they can keep gambling. So the sin is more than the benefit. وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ And they ask you, ماذا يُنْفِقُونَ What they should spend? They ask you about what they should spend. The thing is, alcohol is not cheap. Drugs are not cheap. They're expensive. Are they? Are they cheap or expensive? They're expensive. I mean, why do you think people end up homeless because of the fact that they're addicted to alcohol or drugs? Why? Because they've used whatever money they had for alcohol, for drug abuse, and now they've got nothing left. Right? Now, the thing is that when a person has extra money, right, extra money, what does he think? Let me have some fun. So for example, when you have extra money, you say, okay, instead of going to Jim Hortons, I'll go to Starbucks. For example, and alhamdulillah, that this is as far as you will go. right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also set a boundary over there, right? That okay, have fun, but there is a boundary. For people who don't have that boundary of halal, haram, what happens? When they have extra money, they've gone to Morton's, they've gone to Starbucks, more fun, right? So let's go to that place and order that drink, and order that drink, and spend some money there. Alright? This is how a person ends up in gambling also. Let me use the extra money to make some more free money. Look at the sahaba. They asked, what should we do with our money? Where should we spend? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلِ afwa Tell them, الْعَفْو Spend in the way of Allah whatever extra you have. So you went to Starbucks, you even got yourself two or three different types of Frappuccinos or whatever chino you like. And then what happens? You still have money left over. It's extra. What are we told? Spend that on others. On those who are in need. Whatever extra you have. An afu, ain fawa, is surplus. Whatever is extra. Whatever is not your need. Whatever extra thing you have. If you don't use it in the right way, it can lead you to many problems. So for example, if you have extra time, you have nothing to do on the weekend. Nothing to do. Because you're so good at homework, you do it in school. Before you come home on Friday. So you've got nothing to do Friday evening, nothing to do Saturday, nothing to do on Sunday. What will happen? Fight with your brother, fight with your sister, watch one movie, and then play five hours on a whatever, some gaming thing. And then what happens? Extra time that you have, you will end up in mischief making. But when you're busy, then what will happen? You don't have time for these useless things. Money is also a commodity, right? Just like time is. It's a means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. So whatever extra you have, don't just hoard it. Don't just keep it. Save it, save it, save it. Or think of having fun with it yourself. No. No. Use it in a good cause. Otherwise, it will use you up. He's asking about investing your money. That's okay, as long as you do it the right way. But then again, why are you investing? What are you going to do with that money? Are you just thinking about yourself? Hmm? You should think about others also. So, قل الْعَفْوَةِ كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ لَكُمُ الْآيَاتِ Thus does Allah make clear to you His signs, His verses, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَفَكَّرُونَ So you think, so think about your life. What extra thing do I have? You know, once the Prophet ﷺ was traveling and a group of people came. And this group of people was visibly suffering from poverty. It was very obvious that these people were struggling financially. So the Prophet ﷺ began encouraging people to give in charity. And he said, whoever has an extra animal should give that away. Whoever has an extra Garment should give that away. Whoever has an extra this should give that away. And the Sahaba says, the Prophet ﷺ started listing so many things, whoever has extra this, extra that, extra this, extra that, that we thought we were not allowed to keep anything extra. What does that mean? Anything that we're not using, they wouldn't keep. Why? Because if it's sitting there in your house, it's occupying space. If it's in your life, it's occupying time. Extra things are not fun. They use you up. They use you up. So we learn, for example, Ka'ab bin Malik radiallahu anhu, he mentioned the story in his life, and he described that that was a time when he was very well off. Okay. He described his state as being very rich. In the same story he mentions that when somebody came to give him the good news, he was so happy, he was so happy that he gave him the clothes that he was wearing. You know what he did? He literally took off his shawl and gave it to the person because he was so happy he wanted to give him something. He wanted to reward him. And he said, those were the only clothes I had. So then I had to borrow somebody else's clothes and go to the Prophet ﷺ. Now this is amazing. On the one hand he's saying he was very rich. And on the other hand he's saying that he only had that one pair of clothes that he was wearing. Nothing else. And how many extra clothes do we have? We don't even know actually. But the thing is, all those extra clothes that we don't wear, what are they doing? Occupying space in our closet. Isn't it? The extra games we have, extra toys we have from when we were three years old. Like seriously. Why do you have toys from when you were a child? Why? What's the benefit? Books that we have never read, we don't plan on ever reading, but they're just there. We fill our lives with junk. And when we do that, we make our lives harder and the lives of other people harder also. So here in this ayah we're told, whatever extra you have, give it in the way of Allah. So this is your homework. When you go home, look at your stuff from your closet to your drawers and even those places in your house which you call the junk drawer or whatever thing you have, where stuff is just piling up and it's not being used. Simplify your life. dunya wal Akhirah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in regards to the world and the hereafter, meaning think about your life yourself in regards to your world and the hereafter. Meaning any decision that you make, think about now and think about the hereafter also. But typically when we make any decision, what do we think about? What do we think about? Just the now. So, for example, a person thinks alcohol is fun, you know, people have it all the time, why should I hold myself back? Let me have some fun. In dunya, Allah says, think about the akhirah also. You're gonna have fun now, but because you're having fun, you're gonna miss your prayer, you're gonna do something wrong, and that's going to harm you in the hereafter. So, anything you decide to do, think about the benefit and loss in dunya and akhirah. Don't be impulsive. Don't be impulsive. What is impulsive? Where you don't think. You just do it. Right? You just say it. You just eat it. You just drink it. Without thinking.